Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. This is our Friday edition for week 13, uh, January 13th of 2023. First of all, I got to say, surprisingly, perhaps not surprisingly, but amazingly, this is the first time we've done an episode for each day of the week for a full week. Uh, we did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We did all five days. And uh, I point that out because in weeks past, we've missed plenty of days. Um, just last week, we would have had it for the first time as well if I didn't have you know already planned to not do the podcast on that last Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> but regardless, we, did, we're, we have an episode for each day of the week this week. First time and certainly, hopefully, not the last. Uh, hopefully, we're able to lock into a much more consistent schedule. I feel good about the podcast lately, um, how we're doing with it, and our consistency, as well as the uh, the social media presence as well. If you haven't heard yet, um, or if you're new to the show, we do have a Instagram account. It's crossover across time, all one word, no caps, on Instagram. We do have uh, posts that we're making that kind of support the content that you'll find in the podcast. Um, we're going to continue that. We'll expand it probably in some ways. We might even explore making some additional social media accounts, um, doing a little bit more with it, maybe some more interactivity and those types of things. Uh, but regardless, we've got a great presence going there so far. Um, this has just been the first few days of having that social media account. Um, like I said, the podcast, we're doing great things here and we're going to keep things rolling and we'll roll, roll right into the uh, the game summaries from yesterday, Thursday's action of, <clears throat> excuse me, Thursday, uh, last Thursday's actions. We have six games from that slate. First of all, the Thunder pick up a big win, the Oklahoma City Thunder win big on the road in Philadelphia against the 76ers, 133 to 114. Uh, and SGA has a big game in this one. It was... You know, the Thunder had big leads at multiple points in the game. Uh, the Sixers took small leads at, uh, you know, short moments in the game. But Thunder controlled this one for the most part, beginning to end, it seems. Um, for Philadelphia, they were led by uh, 30 points and 10 boards from Joel Embiid, as you'd expect. 24 points, 15 assists for James Harden. Those are kind of two stat lines that you would expect. Um they also got 17 from Tyrese Maxey, a nice enough game for him, 13 from Tobias Harris, uh, only 10 off the bench for George Niang. And outside of those five double-figure scorers, there was not a great wealth of scoring help. Meanwhile, for uh, the Thunder, they were defensively pretty active, and they played just a touch more of a well-rounded game. Of course, led by SGA, Shea Gilders-Alexander, 37 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists for him along with a steal and two blocks. And he was 16 of 16 from the free throw line, perfect 100%, shooting a ton of free throws there. He shot pretty much half the team's free throws. 20 points for Josh Giddy, along with eight assists and four rebounds. Uh, 14 each for Jalen Williams and Trey Mann. Uh, that's Jalen L-E-N, not uh, Y-L-I-N. Although both of them started uh, Jalen E-N at forward and L-Y-N at center. So kind of interesting there. That's always in. They're both rookies. I believe they're uh, similar size guys. Uh, but regardless, 11 points for LYN, Jalen Williams. And uh, we'll have to come up with something to differentiate those two a little bit easier. I'm sure they might have some some nicknames we could work with. Um, 
<clears throat> we'll look into that. But for now, uh, the Thunder get a big win in Philly. Uh, the team that you would think would be able to beat uh, the, the Thunder without too much issue, the Thunder able, are able to steal that game. So nice for them. Uh, next, this is our TNT broadcast. The Boston Celtics uh, steal a road game in Brooklyn against the Nets, 109-98. to Of course, the Nets are dealing uh, having to fill the void of Kevin Durant after his recent uh, injury uh, for the Nets. Actually, let's check game chart first to see the flow. It was fairly back and forth, pretty competitive through three quarters, but then Boston pulled away big in the fourth. Um, for Brooklyn, they were led by Kyrie Irving, 24 points in this one, uh, 18 points for Joe Harris, and 11 points for Royce O'Neal. Meanwhile, Ben Simmons, who started at the other guard, he had 13 assists and nine rebounds, two steals and a block. He did a lot of great things this game, but he was not a factor scoring. Zero points, only attempted three shots, no free throws. Meanwhile, TJ Ward, nice game off the bench, 20 points. Uh, but for Boston, they were just a little bit stronger. Of course, they are without uh, Jalen Brown themselves, but they still have Jason Tatum, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists in this game. Uh, 16 each for Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon, uh, the guard tandem there, one of the starters, uh, one of the bench guys. They also had 15 points from Derek White, 12 for Grant Williams, and 11 for Luke Cornett, including a, I saw that he had a a reverse dunk that he, even he was surprised that he was able to pull that off. But um, yeah, good win for Boston. They keep things going. I believe they still have the best record in the NBA um, and they get a win against the Nets team who were kind of reeling with the Durant injury, but regardless, still a good win for them. Uh, next Miami heat, they win at home uh, in the last game that the arena will be called FTX arena uh, 108 to 102 against the visiting my uh, Milwaukee bucks. Excuse me. Uh, the Bucks were a little bit depleted in this one. The Bucks had a big lead in the second quarter, uh, but then Miami took took a lead back and uh, ended up winning the game. For Milwaukee, uh, yes, they were without Giannis Antetokounmpo in this game, as well as Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton's missed quite a few games this year. Um, I know that he was out with injury to start the season. He had made his return. Uh, maybe it's rest management. Maybe, maybe he picked up some sort of minor injury uh, once he came back. Haven't seen a lot of specifics on that. But regardless, Milwaukee was led by Drew Holiday's 24 points and 11 assists. Uh, they also had 18 off the bench from Javon Carter, 16 for Jordan Nuora, and 15 for A.J. Green. Uh, and Bobby Portis starting in the place of Giannis had 12 points uh, in the starting lineup. Meanwhile, for Miami, they were led by 28 points from Gabe Vincent. I believe that was a career high. 24 and 12 for Bam Adebayo. 12 points, 10 rebounds for Max Struess. 17 points, 11 rebounds for Jimmy Butler. So doing some hard work on the glass there across the board for Miami. Uh, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists for Victor Oladipo off the bench. He continues to be much more effective in these recent weeks and months for Miami, and they get the win at home against uh, a good Milwaukee team. Next, the Toronto Raptors win at home against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they won this 124-114. to 114. Um, not too surprising. You'd kind of expect that, uh, Charlotte never led in this game. Toronto led big at certain points for Charlotte. They were led by 32 points from LaMelo Ball and 21 points from Terry Rozier. Those two guards continue to be the force for them. 16 points, 15 boards for Mason Plumley and their two other starters, Washington and McDaniels in double figures. Meanwhile, for Toronto, excuse me, Pascal Siakam, 35 points. Seven rebounds, three assists. 
Scotty Barnes, 21 points, seven rebounds, nine assists. So that front court pairing working well inside. 15 for OG Ananobi as well and four steals. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., 19 points, and Fred Van Vliet, 11 points. Uh, Precious Achua, 10 points off the bench as well as five steals, which I think was a career high for him as well. And uh, Toronto, just a little bit better team than uh, Charlotte, and it showed in that game. Next, here's the, the you know, if you're going to talk about any of these games, I mean, Celtics and Nets was one of them, but the second game of that doubleheader, uh, a double overtime affair in which the visiting Dallas Mavericks outlast the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, 119 to 115. Um, Dallas, Dallas held a big lead through three quarters. LA made it a game in the fourth. It was back and forth through both overtimes, but then Dallas able to come out on top. Uh, for the Lakers, LeBron back in this game, he had 24 points, 16 rebounds, nine assists. Very solid game for him. 28 points, seven rebounds, five assists for Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Uh, 11 points, nine rebounds for Thomas Bryant. 12 points for Kendrick Nunn and 14 for Wenyan Gabriel. Uh, for the Mavericks, though, they are, of course, again, led by Luka Doncic. What else would you expect? 35 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, 24 and 14 for Christian Wood, and 22 points from Tim Hardaway. So their three best, um, I guess Hardaway and Dinwiddie are kind of close there, but their three best, I would say Hardaway's a little bit better, uh, doing what they needed to, 17 from Dinwiddie as well. Uh, not a wealth of bench help with scoring, but the Mavericks able to come out on top in that close affair. Luca with some clutch plays towards the end, the three to force overtime. Uh, I think actually forced both overtimes, if I'm correct. Um, we'll have a little more to talk about with that game in just a second, but yeah, Mavericks come out on top in that game. And then finally, the last game of the six game slate from yesterday, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers win on the road in Portland against the Trailblazers, 119 to 113. Um, Portland led through much of this game, but then Cleveland stormed back in the fourth and were able to steal the game from Portland, uh, for the trailblazers. They had a big game from Damian Lillard, 50 points. Uh, I think that's probably a season high for him or close to a season high. Um, pretty good percentages. I mean, 50 points is incredible. You also get 22 from Jeremy Grant. 12 and 12 from Nurkic and 15 points from Anthony Simons. That's a pretty solid team play, but then Cleveland just a little bit more well-rounded. Um, you know, four of the five starters for Portland scored double figures. All five starters scored in double figures for Cleveland, led by 26 from Donovan Mitchell, 24 and 10 from Jared Allen, 20 points, 10 assists from Darius Garland, 17 for Evan Mobley and 11 for Okoro. And, Cleveland able to steal this game in Portland against the Trailblazers. And that takes care of our game summaries. Uh, let's talk through key news here, here real quick. And we have, we're going to jump back to that Lakers Mavericks game. Uh, ESPN reporting on the NBA's stated last two minute report from that Lakers Mavs game says that uh, there were seven missed calls, according to that last two minute report in that Lakers Mavericks game. Uh one of them was a non-call on a LeBron James potential game winner in the first overtime. Uh, another one would have been, uh, let's see, officials also should have whistled Luka Doncic for a loose ball foul for contacting Wendy and Gabriel's arm. Um, 
the Lakers got most upset about a call that was actually deemed to be a correct call. Uh, they thought that Troy Brown, Troy Brown Jr., uh, his shot at the end of regulation, that he had been fouled by Tim Hardaway Jr., but the league doubled down and said that that was a correct non-call in that situation. Uh, but regardless, it's you know there's potential there for you know maybe missed calls, maybe could have swung it the other way for the Lakers, maybe the Mavericks still would have won, but certainly something worth noting. Just a side comment, I I understand the idea behind these two minute reports and holding refs accountable. I don't think that's a bad thing, but at the same time, I kind of wonder. There's a lot of resentment from fans and players alike with officials, even though that's one of the toughest jobs, um, you know, certainly in NBA circles, you know, you're, you're a human trying to, you know, and and these guys are professionals, you know, I don't want to make it seem like they are overwhelmed by their task. You know, they're professionals. They've been referees for a long time. It's a long way to work up to the NBA, but you know, they, they know how to get the job done, but even the world's best official is going to miss calls every now and then because they're human. And there is an element of subjectivity to some of these calls or non-calls and these two minute reports, I get the idea, but at the same time, it's just, Oh yeah, the officials got this wrong. Let's pile more hate on officials, which I don't think that helps anyone. Certainly of course it doesn't help the officials and uh, makes their job tougher, but also from a fan perspective, from a player perspective, if all you're worried about is the officials, it's going to be tough to to play to the best of your ability. At least that's my belief, but kind of a soapbox there. We won't spend too much time on that. Let's talk through uh, a couple more uh, noteworthy news stories. Firstly, uh, Nikola Jokic for the Denver Nuggets is unlikely to play tonight versus the Clippers with a wrist injury. Uh, again, wishing the best. Hopefully that's not a major injury. Hopefully he's back in the next couple of days. Uh, or next couple of games, rather. Uh, a couple front office moves for different franchises. Firstly, for the Atlanta Hawks, Kyle Korver, who has been working with the Hawks as a director of player affairs slash player development, he has been promoted to an assistant general manager role right alongside the general manager, Landry Fields. So great news for Kyle Korver there. Congratulations on that. And also nice news for uh, the Cavaliers and Anderson Verajao. He's rejoining the team in a player development role himself. So uh, two guys who were noteworthy alumni, I don't know if alumni is quite the right word, but noteworthy people, players in those teams' histories now coming back to help the team in in a different way in the front office. So uh, congratulations to both of those guys. Hopefully they can do well in their roles. Uh, And it's something you you like to see. Uh, for Miami, we've talked a little bit about the naming rights situation with their arena, FTX Arena, as it has been known. Uh, the official, they, they got the okay a couple days ago or, you know, just a day ago to uh, start looking for a new naming rights deal and to strip the FTX name off of everything in the arena. They have done that. And in the short term, the arena will simply be known as Miami-Dade Arena, of course, for Miami-Dade County, where... Miami and uh, the Heat play. So uh, it'll be Miami-Dade Arena for the short term while they're looking for probably a new naming rights deal. Um, I would expect that to be something that isn't really set in place until the beginning of next season. So for the foreseeable future, it's Miami-Dade Arena that the Miami Heat play at. 
And finally, a small transactional note. Uh, we mentioned yesterday Brooklyn had released one of their two-way contract players. Uh, today they did sign guard Drew Smith, who had played with Miami previously. They signed Drew Smith to a two-way contract. So now they have two guys on two-way contracts, David Duke and Drew Smith. So they fill that uh, empty spot of the two-way contract. And that takes care of our uh, key news from the last uh, day or so. And our game summaries as well. I mentioned last time that we would do some uh, more like fun section segments for a Friday show. Uh, I apologize. We're going to need to push that probably to next Friday's show simply because I still need to iron out the details of what these segments will look like uh, and how they'll factor into the show in general. So we're going to keep it a shorter show. We've done our summaries. We've done our key news. Let's give you some game previews and finish the show a little bit early uh, so we can all get back to watching uh, NBA basketball, getting ready to enjoy a weekend, and uh, we'll regroup on Monday with our normal Monday show. Uh, here's the game previews for this weekend. Uh, all the times I will give, as always, are in Eastern Standard Time. And we've got an interesting uh, weekend for you. Firstly, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, we have seven games. We have a uh, matinee-type game on ABC. I think this is only the second ABC broadcast we've had all year up to this point. Uh, but on ABC at 1 o'clock, pretty early on on your Saturday, you can get started with some NBA action. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are in Miami against the Heat. So a rematch of um, a couple of years ago, what would have been the – well, no. When, my, when Milwaukee won the championship – Miami was their first round opponent, so not necessarily a rematch, but a, a good matchup of some some better Eastern Conference teams. Miami starting to move back into that certainly play-in, potentially playoff picture, and Milwaukee still in that top uh, two or three, maybe even four group in that Eastern Conference. So good Eastern Conference matchup on ABC at 1 o'clock. Then later that night, uh, a league pass game for you at 8 o'clock, the Cleveland Cavaliers in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Um, I've marked this off because of the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert storyline. I know that a lot that probably there's a good chunk of people outside of the uh, jazz fan base, Utah um, uh, market that don't care as much about Donovan Mitchell versus Rudy Gobert. And I can understand that, but I still think it could be interesting to note. I checked. I think the Cavs have played the Timberwolves once up already this season, but either Mitchell or Gobert did not play in that game. So that, as far as I know, both should be playing in this game, Cavs, Timberwolves. I'd be interested to see what kind of, uh, you know, if there's any friction at all, if it's just, you know, clean game, they're two competitors. If there's any kind of, you know, uh, you know, verbal exchanges, physical play between those two, I kind of think it go, could go both ways. Um, both are probably fairly happy in their current situations, but there were plenty of reports when they were with Utah that there was a rift between those two guys. You know, we don't know the extent of that fully, but regardless, a game worth keeping an eye out for on Saturday. Next, <clears throat> on uh, on Sunday, we have eight games for you. The one national broadcast game is on NBA TV at 9.30. The Philadelphia 76ers are in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Uh, Embiid versus LeBron. Harden's playing there too. Could be a good game. I would expect the Sixers to be the favorite and have a better shot of winning that game. But LeBron could 
you know, he's going to be in pursuit of 38,000 in on that night. And more and more, the, the narrative becomes uh, closer and closer to coming true. Of course, it's been a ble- uh, season long storyline of LeBron's pursuit of Kareem's all time scoring record. Uh, but regardless, that's the national broadcast could be a good game. Uh, another game for you, another matinee type game league pass at one o'clock. The New York Knicks are at the Detroit Pistons. I think I highlighted that one because it was the earliest game on Sunday, but I, there might be some, uh, let's see. No, I think that might have been just the earliest game. So it could still, still could be a good game. I mean, uh, Knicks are playing well. They're in on the road in Detroit, see what Detroit can do. If they can you know, be more competitive, what Boyan Bogdanovich can do. He's played well for them lately. Uh, and then one more game on league pass at nine o'clock, the Dallas Mavericks in Portland against the trailblazers. Uh, when I think Mavericks Trailblazers, I, th- I think of Doncic and his rookie year and that wild corner fading three, which was either to tie the game or win the game, um, Luka Magic and all that stuff. I think it could be a pretty good matchup, Luka versus Lillard, especially Lillard coming off of a, a 50-point game. Uh, should be a pretty exciting one to watch. And then on Monday, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, there's a nine-game slate and plenty of uh, spread out times for these games. Uh, NBA does a great job giving you, they've got two different channels with double headers um, and it should be a great day of NBA basketball, uh, especially honoring a great man in Dr. King. But let's give you those games. The NBA TV starts us off at one o'clock. The Celtics are at the Hornets. Um, again, you expect Boston to be uh do pretty well in that matchup, but Charlotte can surprise you. Lamelo plays well and has been playing well this season. And you know they're they're still a professional team. They they have some talent, and it could be it could be a good game. Uh, and especially if they can get Hayward back, that would be interesting. But I'm not sure what his timetable is at the current moment. Then uh, the next game's on TNT at 3:30. The Miami Heat at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, nice little south southeast division matchup. Between Miami and Atlanta uh, should be a good one. Then TNT again at six o'clock. The Phoenix Suns at the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, if the Suns didn't have injuries, that would be a much more exciting matchup. Could still be a good game. The Suns are trying to find themselves without their star players, trying to string at least some some wins together to keep their record somewhat alive. Uh, but Memphis, you have to imagine they'll probably do pretty well at home. And then finally, NBA TV at ten thirty, uh, later tip off. Houston Rockets in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Uh, the Rockets with their young talent, can they be a winning team with that young talent right now, or is it still a developing thing? Uh, where will LeBron's scoring be at that point? Again, we get to that conversation. Uh, but regardless, those are the the national broadcasts that I think are going to be probably the best to, to watch out for. Um, excuse me. Not, not all of those games listed are national broadcast games. Uh, a majority of those for this weekend's preview were, but regardless, should be a great, uh, great weekend of NBA basketball. A lot of interesting games to, to watch out for, uh, some storylines as well to note. But that takes care of our uh, weekend preview. Let's go ahead and give you our this day in history fact before we wrap things up. So this day in history, January thirteenth, going back to nineteen ninety nine. So January 13th, 1999, Chicago's Michael Jordan announced his second retirement from the NBA just prior to the start of the lockout shortened 1998. 
through 1999 NBA season. Uh, if you know, the, the 99 season started in January and finished, you know, probably April, May, and then playoffs. So Jordan's retirement came in January rather than, you know, if he decided in a regular season, it would have been probably October. But um, something worth noting, you know, certainly a, a notable day in NBA history, what he meant to the Bulls and the NBA and sports culture, American culture in general. So, um, yeah, definitely worth noting. So, again, a shorter show for you, but uh, that takes care of everything for the weekend. Everyone enjoy yourselves. Um, you know, rest up, have, have a you know, good Monday off. Hopefully most people have Monday off with uh, the, the holiday. Um, we'll be back. We will do a Monday show. Um, I, I don't see why not, you know. Um, sorry, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. We'll do a Monday show. Uh, I think it'll be good. We'll, we'll be back with you on Monday, of course. Thanks again to everyone for listening to the show. Um, stay tuned also, as we mentioned at the beginning, for social media. I think we might look at expanding that social media uh, reach a little bit. And we're also looking into some options with the podcast. Right now, of course, you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. But uh, not everyone has an Apple device or an Apple ID account, whatever you want to say. So we're going to start looking into some more options as far as um, not only platforms to host the podcast, but also ways to record the podcast to make it a little more uh, friendly for us as far as the way we're doing it now. I'm, you know, not the most technically knowledgeable when it comes to uh, broadcasting or doing a podcast of this nature. It's very new to me still. So the way I've been doing it is simply recording either through Zoom, if it's a, a call or whatever. If it's a you know two-person show, we do it through Zoom. If it's just me, I can record it. Um, and then editing it, editing it in Audacity and then uploading it straight away. And what this usually entails is um, if we're doing the two-person recording through Zoom, I just have the base Zoom. I'm not paying for anything. So we have a 40-minute you know, meeting. It ends. We have to restart the meeting to continue the show if we have a show longer than 40 minutes. Um, and it's been, you know, it's worked. We're able to upload the show. And I think we've been able to make a pretty good show with those uh, parameters. But we're looking into ways to more easily uh, record, broadcast a show and share it. Uh, potentially doing a video podcast along with an audio podcast, along with being able to host it on more platforms than just Apple's platform. So we've got exciting things coming, hopefully with the podcast itself, as well as the social media presence. Keep, you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with you on Monday and uh, have a good weekend of basketball.